Well, good morning, Hilton Head Island Community Church. I hope you guys are doing well, and I thank you guys for being here today in the house. I want to thank those of you, a bunch of people out on the backstage patio. Man, it's packed back there, so thank you guys. I noticed you weren't there when it was 30 degrees a few weeks ago, but that's okay. Uh, and I want to thank those of you who are watching from home today. Thank you guys for joining us online. Um, it's week two in this series that we are calling Landing Lights, knowing the la- knowing the the, uh, you know, God's will and the landing lights of, of God's will for our lives. And we began last week uh, talking about God's will. And what does God's will mean? What is God's will? How can we find that? And I don't know about you, but that is sometimes very hard to discern. It's not easy to discern. I wish that you could just open up the Bible and have it just say, this is God's will for your life. And uh, that would make it a lot easier. But God desires for us to get to know him better, to dig in a little bit, to get to know his word better. More on that next week. And this is something that uh, we as a family and I have been using for um, really most of my adult life that somebody introduced to me years and years ago when I was a, a teenager. And especially for those of you who have big decisions coming up, so those of you who are graduates, those of you who may be in the midst of a job change or a family change or maybe a career change, um, or you may just have some difficulty that you're trying to navigate and there's a lot of decisions that are involved in that kind of process, um, I believe that this is a great grid for us to use throughout our lives when we are trying to discern God's will for our lives. And so the five landing lights of knowing God's will for our lives, we're going to be talking about, we talked last week about wise counsel. We talk, we're going to be talking this week about outside circumstances. We're going to be talking uh, next week about scriptural confirmation, and then in the following weeks talking about personal desire and inner peace. And I believe that those are five ways, and there may be many, many more, but those are five key ways that we can kind of work through decisions in a way that's not just random, because God isn't random, and his plan and his purpose for your life is not random either. I remember where we were and where I was. I was sitting at a Starbucks, and the Starbucks was on uh, Broadway and 79th, and it was a Starbucks that would, um, up in New York City, and it was a Starbucks that would end up being pretty impactful in our lives. I didn't realize it at the time, um, but it was a Starbucks that we would go to often as we lived in New York. At the time, we weren't living there, but we were faced with the possibility and the opportunity to move to New York from Atlanta. Now, um, we had a pretty good life in Atlanta. Um, We had a house that was fairly new. I had just built Cynthia a studio. I got major husband points for doing that. And I lost major husband points when we moved out of it because she loved that studio and it was awesome. And I remember where we were when, when we were in New York and I was sitting at that Starbucks and I began to, to really pray through whether or not we should move from our great, comfortable, relatively comfortable life to New York City. And I remember making a list of pros and cons. How many of you have ever made a list of pros and cons? And as I made that list, I remember making that list before, like maybe what car to buy or what to eat for lunch or, you know, like who to date back in high school and in college, right? And we make these lists of pros and cons at different points in our lives. But this time it was different because this wasn't just a car. 
This wasn't just a cup of coffee. This wasn't just a meal. This was something that held great importance, and it really was something that kind of weighed on our future. And I remember where I was. I remember that day. I remember that place where as I was making a list of pros and cons, I kind of was coming to the conclusion that for us to not leave our comfortable life, for us to not leave this kind of good thing that we had with good jobs and good investments and a brand new home and a studio, and we had just had Sydney. She had just been born. She's graduating in two weeks. I can't believe it. It's been a long time. So anyway, so we were going through this decision process, and I remember thinking when we were sitting at that Starbucks as I made a list of all the things that God had done to order our steps and make a path, I remember thinking, this is so incredibly scary, but I can't honestly say that God didn't order our steps. And I can't honestly say that I, can, I have to say no to this opportunity that came up. And so God called us out of Atlanta. We moved to New York. And I remember the place where I was, when, um, when we, where we were and where I was, when God began to do the same thing to move to Hilton Head. And I remember getting out a journal and beginning once again to make a list of pros and cons. And as I did it, it kind of became a list of the things that God was doing, some good and some bad. And as a matter of fact, it was a meeting with our pastor. Now, I was the business manager for the church in New York City, and we had been there for about two years. And I remember going into his office the day he called me into his office, and he said, hey, I'm really concerned that we don't have any money. And I'm like, I'm the business manager. I've been telling you this for five weeks. You're right. And I'm concerned about it too. And so I remember the conversation was, I may have to go part-time, or I may not be able to, to you know, continue in this role, or whatever the case may be. And it was the next day when God arranged the situation where Jeff Cranston called to recruit me and Cynthia to move to Hilton Head to start what at that time was uh, the Hilton Head, uh, part of Low Country Community Church, the Hilton Head Island campus. And God has done all of these things to order these steps. And I remember thinking at that time, I'm so glad that someone years ago told me to pay attention to the outside circumstances because without that, I might not have seen that this was God moving. We're faced with decisions all the time, and many of them we take lightly, and many of the decisions are meant to be taken lightly, but we have decisions in our lives that become important for us and that become critical for our future, and, and using wise counsel and outside circumstances and scriptural confirmation and personal desire and inner peace is a way to find God's will in all of this, and today I want to focus on outside circumstances and how we can see and watch for God at work in our lives. And I want to begin with the first point today and just kind of back up and take a look at some things that you may know, but maybe you need to re be reminded of today, and maybe you don't know and you need to discover this. And the first one is this, that God has a purpose for your life. God has a purpose for your life. It doesn't matter where you are in your life. It doesn't matter what phase of life you're in. It doesn't matter where you are from. It doesn't matter whether you're here on vacation, presumably from Ohio um, or Canada. Uh, it doesn't matter if you've lived here a long time. It doesn't matter if you've been through some significant battles in life, maybe health issues, 
maybe relationship issues, maybe been through some nasty divorce or divorces, maybe you've gone through some financial crisis or businesses that didn't work out. It doesn't matter what you've gone through. I want you to hear today that God has a plan for your life. Excuse me, God has a purpose for your life. He has a purpose for you. And it's specific, and it's unique, and it's individual for you. He has created you for a very specific purpose. And the fact is, is that it very, very well may be in what you're doing right now. Whether you're at home, whether you're in the workplace, students, whether you're at school, what, what school you're at, where you're living. But God has a purpose for each of your lives. And that may be that you haven't discovered it yet because you don't know him yet, or it could be that you haven't discovered it yet because you're not watching for his work in your life. You maybe haven't discovered that purpose because you're not watching out for what he's doing. David, the psalmist, talked about this when he says in Psalm 138, the Lord will fulfill his purposes for me. The Lord will fulfill his purposes for me. And even David, the psalmist, understand that God had a very specific purpose. Don't you think that that purpose was meaningful and real and huge in the life of David, who ended up being a king of Israel, the second king of the nation of Israel, this man who was inspired by God's Holy Spirit to write so much of what we have today? The apostle Paul highlighted that the Christians in Philippi, that they were created for a reason. He said in Philippians 1.6, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He began a good work in you. He began a good work in me. And he will bring that to fruition. He will bring that to completion. And so he has created you for a specific purpose. And so it kind of highlights that God cares about the big picture of your life. I want you to hear that today. He cares about the big picture of your life. Because some of you may be in a position right now where you're wondering if God cares at all. And I've been there before. Most of us have been there before. And I want you to know that God cares about the big picture of your life. He cares about the 40,000 foot view. He cares about the big picture of what is going on in your life and what you were created for. He cares about you. And sometimes we get into a cycle of not thinking that he cares because we're so focused on what he didn't do or what he did wrong or blaming him for the things that went wrong in your life and you're really to blame. I've done that before. I've done that many times. He cares for you and he has a purpose for your life. Point number two this morning is not only does God have a purpose for your life, but God has a plan for your life. And I'm going to blitz through the first two points really quick this morning, but I feel like maybe some of you need to be reminded of these things or remember these things or realize these things. God has a purpose for your life, but God also has a plan for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And he says, plans for welfare, not for evil. I talk a lot about the trouble in life because I don't want you to be surprised. 
Jesus promised that there would be trouble in life. Some people criticize me for talking too much about that from this pulpit, but I'm okay with that because that's why we need God is because of the trouble in life. Am I right? It's why we rely on him. But the fact is, is that he cares for you and he has a plan for your life and it is not for evil. It is for good to give you a hope and to give you a future. The psalmist said the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his ways. And that's from Psalm 37, 23. And so not only does God care about the big picture of your life, but God also cares about the small details of your life as well. He has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. He cares about the the, the big picture of your life, but he also cares about the small details of your life. And some of you, in the midst of us talking about outside circumstances being one of the landing lights for us to know God's will, some of you needed to hear that this morning. Some of you needed to be reminded that he has a plan and that he has a purpose for your life. And the circumstances that you go through, the good, the bad, and the ugly are the things that will point you to God's purpose if you are watching. If we are paying attention, if we are watching for God at work, we will see his plan unfold. In fact, I think that's God's will right there. Somebody ever ask you the question, what is God's will? I think God's will is, is that he has a plan and he has a purpose for our lives Our job is to discover it. And it leads me to point number three, and this is my last point. And no, it's not going to be a short sermon because I'm going to talk about this one for a long time, all right? So anyway, God's point number three, God's purpose and God's plan for your life unfolds when you do your part. You see, this is where the intersection of God being sovereign, God being in control, God being God, and our free will intersect. God's purpose and God's plan for our lives, it will unfold when we decide that we are going to do our part. So the question is, what is our part? What is your part? What is your part? Well, first of all, there is a part that we play in this. So does that mean that God's will is conditional? I don't believe that God's will is conditional. I believe that whatever he has for you to do in life, he is going to fulfill that in you and through you. Whatever purpose he has for you, he's going to do whatever it takes to to lead you to that point. I, I remember when I was 16, and I've probably told the story a few times, I remember when I was 16 years old, and God clearly called me into ministry. And by the way, I used these five things to confirm that call into ministry. And you know what I did? I jumped right into ministry. I was a, I was a, a you know, seminary student right out of college, and I did all the right things. No, I didn't. I did none of that. You know what I did? At the first time, the first moment that I had any kind of someone talking negatively about what God had done in my life, I hit the hills. I ran the other way. I disobeyed, man, for 10 years. That's a long time to disobey God. And part of my resolve 
was that I wasn't looking at the outside circumstances of how God was ordering my life. But you know what he did? He sought after me and he found me. And he used me anyway. And it was a lot more painful those 10 years. I wish I had just said yes then, regardless of what anyone else said in my life. Because God was the one saying it. And he's going to do the same for you. Whatever his purpose and whatever his plan is for your life, he will see that to fruition. But if you want to make this easier, whatever, even if it's something that's you know, beyond his plan and his purpose for your life, if it's something that you're facing right now, if you want to make it easier, here's our part in God's will unfolding. It's that we love him, that we watch for him at work and that we follow his lead that we love him that we watch for him at work and that we follow his lead in many of the verses that i want to show you today i think you're going to see this conditional part of god's plan and god's purpose in our lives i think that he has something for you but it's up to you to discover what that is rick warren talks a lot about this in his book, The Purpose Driven Life. And the first thing that I believe that we have to do to, to, to watch the unfolding plan and purpose of God in our lives is to love him, is to love him. Psalm 37, 23 says that the steps of a man are established by the Lord. What's that next word? When. When. You're like, that's not an important word. It is vitally important, isn't it? The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his ways. That word delight, we could substitute it for love. Love and delight are the same thing when it comes to us and God. When we find delight in what God is doing in our lives, then he is going to establish our plans. Then we're going to see that purpose and that plan unfold in our lives. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And you see, when we're seeking God first, when we're loving God first, when we're delighting in what he's doing, man, we're going to watch those plans unfold. Is it going to be easy? No, I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But our job is to delight in God, to love God. Romans 8, 28, my men's group, we've been studying this section of Romans here a, a little bit recently. And Romans 8, 28 is probably one of the most misquoted verses in all of Scripture. It says this in the ESV, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for, what's that next word? For good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Most of the time that verse is quoted or used in a situation where we say, well, just God works out all things for our good. <laughs> and I believe that that's true. But our part in the good, our part in the working out, is that we love him. And that we find his purpose. The word called is repeated over and over and over again. It's, it's uh, mentioned in Romans 8, 28, and it's mentioned throughout Romans, especially in Romans 6 through about 
12 or so. And every time that word is used, it's used in a way that would have kind of driven to a legal term that the people of that day would have understood. And it was like a court order saying, here you are. You've been summoned. And that's what God is doing. He's summoning you to find his purpose and his plan. And you can choose whether or not to follow that or not. Just like in our society, we can choose whether or not we're going to answer the summons. But if we don't, there'll be consequences, right? Romans 8, 28, the NIV, I want you to see it in the NIV. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. If I keep reading, I'm not going to do it, but in the New American Standard Version, in the New Living Translation, it says the same thing, and it continues to talk about love. Our job in in finding first and foremost, in finding God's purpose and allowing God's purpose to unfold in our lives is to love God. Listen, if you're a Christ follower and you miss out on this, I think you're just going to be knocking down the doors that you want to knock down and not walking through the ones that God opens. Are you with me? It begins with love. In all things, in everything, God works out the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. The reason I talked about the word called is I don't want you to think that that's reserved for a specific Christian or it's reserved for a specific group of people. It is for all Christ followers. Our job is to love. Our job is is to love. The second thing that we must do is we must watch. And I think this may be where we as Christ followers, we're just reacting to things. We're just kind of moving through life and and taking a decision or making a decision that comes at us that is vitally important to our lives and maybe our kids' lives and our families' lives and those who've come before and after us. And we're making these decisions just like we're getting a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Yeah, I'll just take that one. That's fine. We're not watching God at work. 1 Corinthians 14, 33 says, God is not a God of confusion. He is a God of, what's that next word? Peace. He's a God of peace. Man, some of you right now are going, I knew it. I knew it. I knew I'm not crazy. I like order. I like peace. I knew that I'm like God, not them, right? (laughs) He's a God of peace. Some translations say order. For God is not a God of confusion, but a God of peace and order. And here's my point this morning. He is not randomly laying out your path. He's not unintentionally just rolling out this confusing thing. He is intentionally and with purpose designed your purpose and your plan. He's intentionally rolling that out for you to follow, but it's not going to be confusing. It's not going to be disorderly. And the problem is is that we just don't take the time to see God at work. 
we've got to be watching what he's doing in our lives. We've got to look back at what he's done before and see his provision before and see where we've had missteps before and look at what has gone good and bad in our past. And I promise you, if you really look at that, that's part of him planning your future. How many of you have ever thought at one time, I wonder why God allowed this to happen? And then weeks or months or years later, you recognized it. This is why God allowed that to happen. When he gave the prophet Habakkuk his vision for the people of Israel, there's something really interesting that God did in Habakkuk 2, chapter 2. I want to read it in two different translations today. The Lord answered me, Habakkuk says, and he said this, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that he who may run reads it. So essentially God is giving Habakkuk, his mouthpiece to the nation of Israel, a vision, and he says, write it down, write it down, make a list. Record what God has been doing. Habakkuk 2.2 from the NIV says, Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing in your lives. Our pastor in Atlanta encouraged us to do this in our lives. To write down the things that God has done. To write down the story of your life. To record it. You don't even have to do it on tablets. You can do it in a journal, you can do it on paper, you can do it electronically, but begin to make a list. If you've never journaled before, if you've never given your spiritual story or, or written it down in some form or fashion, even if it's short, even if it's one sentence every once in a while, I want to encourage you to see what God is doing. And if we don't have record of that, then we are going to forget. I'm becoming more and more and more aware of that as time goes on that I'm going to forget what God has done. We ought to be watching what God is doing. Make those lists of pros and cons. Keep a journal. Just list what God is doing, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because you will see him at work in your life. You know, there are times that God may call you to not do something. In fact, there may be times when God may tell you to stop doing whatever it is you're doing. He may tell you to not make that move. He may, he may close the doors. This isn't always about open doors. This isn't always even about opportunity. This may be something that you're struggling with, and, and you're thinking, I need to go in the, that direction. And God says, I, I don't want you to do that. And he makes it clear. He makes it plain. Sometimes the message is to stop. George Mueller said, God not only orders our steps, he orders our stops. It's true, isn't it? It's true. Before God laid down the path for us to move here to Hilton Head almost 15 years ago, it was 15 years ago, um, he, I thought, was laying down a path for us to move to Baltimore. And I began to do the same thing from New York City to Baltimore, to start a church in Baltimore. And I remember writing down and making lists and doing all the pros and the cons. And there was something in our spirit, something in my spirit and Cynthia's spirit that was like, no, I don't think... This is right. 
he doesn't seem to be ordering those steps for us to make that move. And I was a little bit disappointed with that. I was a little bit kind of irritated because there was a want to. I'll talk about inner desire in a few weeks. There was a little bit of a want to move to Baltimore. I like crab cakes. I don't like the ravens, but I like crab cakes, all right? So, but God said no. It wasn't until I began to write out and see the list of things that there weren't too many things that God was ordering in terms of our steps that we should move to Baltimore. It was me trying to kick a door down. And if I had kicked that door down, we wouldn't have moved here. But maybe more importantly, he wouldn't have let the guy that ended up starting that church in Baltimore be the pastor. It ended up being a college friend of mine who's still there, and he's thriving at that church in Baltimore. Do you see how these outside circumstances work? This is not chaos. This is not chance. This is not coincidence. It is God at work in your life, and we must pay attention We must love him. We must watch for him. And then the last thing is we must follow his lead. As orderly as God is in our lives, what he may ask you and I to do sometimes seems ridiculous and it seems crazy. It seemed nuts to move to New York City when we lived in Atlanta. And everybody told me that, by the way. It seemed crazy to go from the difficulty and the craziness, but the fun and the excitement and the impact of New York City to Hilton Head. They thought we were crazy. But God said, go. And we said, yes. And there may be some times that in your life, he's going to order your steps. He's going to plan your path and your purpose. And he's going to say, go. You know what your job is to do? It's to go. It's to go. Jesus and the disciples, they were out on a boat one day, and the disciples were fishing, and they weren't catching much. (laughs) And Jesus told them, hey, just take those nets, cast them on the other side. Now, I'm not a fisherman, but that that didn't make any sense to me, right? It didn't make any sense. Just cast them on the other side. If we're not catching anything here and we haven't been all day, why are we going to catch something on the other side of the boat? It's the same water. And Jesus said, do it. I love this. And this may be what you need to hear today in Luke 5. Simon answered. This is verse 5. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let the nets. I'll let down the nets. I'll let down the nets. Because God says so, we should follow. If we want to watch the purpose and the plan of God unfold in our lives, we've got to be looking for those outside circumstances, making a list of them, writing them down for faced with a choice. We've got to decide we're not going to kick it down, but we're going to allow God to do his work, and he will order your path. Some of you may be struggling with this right now. Maybe there's a particular decision or choice that you're in the midst of. It's confusing. Maybe you're just struggling with it in general. If you want to talk to someone, I'm going to pray here in a moment because I remember the weight of this throughout my life, different times, different moments in my life, small and large decisions. If you want to pray with someone about it or 
interactive prayer room is open right through that door over there. I'm going to go open it, and I'll be, I'll be back there. Some of our Stephen ministers will be back there, and maybe you want to be prayed with. Maybe you just want to talk. I'd love to talk with you. But I want you to be watching those outside circumstances. Love God. Delight in what he's doing. Watch for him at work. And then, my goodness, when he says to go, whatever it is, when he says to act, just do it. Follow his lead. You won't be sorry. You'll never be sorry following his lead. Father, I thank you for those who are here today. God, those who are joining online, those who are on the backstage patio, and those who are here in the house today. Father, I have seen times in my life, seasons in our life, where you were ordering our steps. And you used outside circumstances. You used some good things. You even used some, what I thought, were negative things and bad things. And God, you used some ugly things in our life. But you ordered our steps. And God, I've not always been faithful in loving you and watching for you and following you. But you've been there the whole time. And today, I just pray for those who are in this room, who are watching online in the backstage patio. Father, in the strong name of Jesus, I pray that you would be with those that are right in the middle of a crisis right now. That in this difficult life, they're trying to find your will and your way. God, I pray that you would remind them that first and foremost, you do have a plan for them. That you do have a purpose for them. But Father, I pray that that we would be challenged and convicted by your Holy Spirit to get involved and to watch that plan unfold. To be a part. To love you. To watch for you at work. And then to follow your lead when you say go. When you say act. God, I pray that you would challenge us to, to dig in. And to find what you want. That we may be watching and writing and recording the work that you're doing in our lives. The, the outside circumstances. So that we can use those as a landing light of knowing what your will is. God, I pray that you would use our lives. Regardless of what happened yesterday. Regardless of what may be happening right now. Father, I pray that you would remind us that our lives can be part of the declaration of your glory and your goodness. Help us to be reminded of that as we seek to love you, to watch for you, and to follow you. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said.